I like to cook, and the one thing I've come to learn is that the best way to improve the flavor of any dish is to make sure you're using high-quality ingredients, which is why I love using ButcherBox to get all my meat, poultry, and fish products. They are far and away the best option out there, so if you haven't yet ordered from them, I highly encourage you to give them a try today. Not only do they give you tons of options, you can get any cut you want, and it's always top of the line, but... It's also way more convenient than going to the butcher or grocery store. They always provide free delivery right to your door. They have awesome ribeyes, strip steaks, and steak tips that have all the right marbling. Chicken wings, breasts, and thighs full of flavor, and their fish is all wild caught with no additives. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. Three pounds of chicken thighs. Two pounds of ground beef or one pound of those premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash scarymysteries and use code scarymysteries to choose your free offer and get $20 off. So one more time, because this is key, new users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Use code SCARYMYSTERIES and get $20 off your first box. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Welcome to Scary Mysteries, brought to you by Nudon Films. Every Monday, we'll tell you about topics that range from serial killers and UFOs to unexplained mysteries, ghosts, and everything in between. If it's scary and it's mysterious, then we've got you covered. And check us out on YouTube as well if you want to watch each episode. Thanks for tuning in. Five Most Bizarre and Horrific Satanic Killers There are killers and murderers and then there are these five. Their motives are utterly sinister and their crimes so sickening and diabolical that it's hard to believe they actually happened. These are the five most bizarre and horrific satanic killers. Number five, Ricky Casso. 
Known as the Acid King, Ricky Casso was no ordinary metalhead. The teen was already problematic when he was thrown out of his house and forced to live in the streets and on friends' couches in suburban New York. He was addicted to drugs and often took LSD. On the side, he dabbled in the occult and Satanism. Casso also told friends he was interested in the Satanic Bible by Anton LaVey. His circle of friends that consisted of drug addicts and occultists proudly called themselves the Knights of the Black Circle. On June 16, 1984, Casso claimed he heard Satan's voice commanding him to kill. So together with Albert Quinones and Jimmy Traiano, they lured Gary Lowers, a fellow junkie and dealer, into the woods explaining that he wanted to patch things up after Gary had stolen some PCP from Casso a few days earlier. The teens took hits of mescaline and started a fire in the woods. They used Gary's socks and the sleeves of his denim jacket for kindling at which point Casso said they should use Gary's hair to feed the fire. The situation escalated, and soon the two teens were in a scuffle. Casso bit Gary's neck and stabbed him several times in the chest while the others held him down. Gary suffered between 17 to 36 stab wounds, and his eyes had been sliced and gouged out. At some point, Casso even ordered the victim to say you love Satan. Instead, he said, I love my mother and so he was attacked further and had stones stuffed in his mouth. It would take two weeks before the three would be arrested for the crime. Casso had been running his mouth after the incident, bragging he had killed someone and kept the body in the woods. At some point, he even took some teens to see the body, which led to an anonymous tip getting to the police, and so they managed to find Gary's body and arrested Casso and his friends. Jimmy signed a confession but later recanted, while Albert testified against the two in exchange for immunity. Two days after he was arrested, Casso hung himself inside his jail cell. Number 4. Marinda Barber Known as the Craigslist Killer, Marinda Barber, who was 19 years old, together with her husband of three weeks, Elliot, who was 22, lured and killed Troy LaFerrera. Marinda had suffered a troubling childhood. At four, she was molested by her uncle, who her mother confirms was sent to jail for 14 years for the crime. Nine years later, at 13, she joined a satanic cult and conducted her first murder, where she shot someone who owed the cult leader money. She spent the next three years in the cult, where she participated in several murders. She married a fellow occultist, became pregnant, and in an attempt to change her lifestyle, moved to North Carolina under the custody of her mother's brother. She tried to turn her life around, gave birth to a daughter and got a regular job, but it wouldn't last. She soon met her husband Elliot through a mutual friend. He was also into Satanism and in October of 2013 the two eloped, Marinda got fired from her job for getting caught stealing, while Elliot dropped his job as a dishwasher. They sustained themselves by having Marinda hire herself out on Craigslist as a companion, where she would get paid anywhere between $50 to $850. Elliot insists she wasn't prostituting herself and that no sex was involved. According to him, she meets with them and has delightful conversation. But the two were in fact actively seeking a person to kill at this time, thinking that the act of murder would bring them closer to one another. They had several attempts but couldn't push through. 
That is until 42-year-old Troy LaFerrera came into the picture. He responded to the ad and the two met in the parking lot of a mall on November 11th, which also happened to be Elliot's birthday. While Marindo waited for Troy, Elliot hid himself in the back seat of the car. Once Troy got in, she told him that she had just turned 16, and when he said he didn't care about her age, that's when she said she knew. She gave the signal twice to Elliot, and he jumped out and started strangling Troy using a cord. Soon after that, Marinda grabbed a knife and began stabbing him more than 20 times in the chest. They then dropped his body in an alley, took his wallet, got supplies to clean their car, and went to a strip club to celebrate Elliot's birthday. Marinda said that Troy was still breathing and gasping for air when they dumped him. Police managed to track down the two and soon after they were arrested. During interviews, she claimed that she had killed at least 22 people because of her satanic beliefs. While the FBI and various organizations and the places she's been are taking the statement seriously, they've yet to tie Marinda to any additional murders. Number 3. Moises Miraz Espinoza It was 2011, then 18-year-old Moises Miraz Espinoza walked into a police station, spoke to the detectives and told them he had killed his own mother, 42-year-old Amelia Espinoza. He told them they would find her at the apartment, and the cops rushed over to the place where sure enough they found a trail of blood leading to the bathroom. They followed it to find the walls and floor of the room covered in plastic. On the floor was a circular saw with bones, blood, and pieces of flesh stuck to the blade. In the kitchen, they looked inside the freezer, and that's where they found Amelia's head. All her teeth had been plucked out, her eyes had been removed, and on her head were two upside-down crosses carved in. The autopsy showed Amelia had died from asphyxiation and neck compression. The mutilation of her body had taken place after she was dead. Police searched the apartment and found a copy of the Satanic Bible, along with a chapter on human sacrifice. Moises had been practicing Satanism and showcased his faith by tattooing Satanic imagery on his body, including the numbers 666 behind his ear. Investigators believe that killing his mother was a form of ritual sacrifice for his beliefs. The date on which he committed the crime, February 2nd, is also a significant date for human sacrifice in the satanic calendar. Moises actually called his cousin to ask for help in disposing of the body, but instead his cousin convinced him to turn himself in. A family member said that he had been depressed after his girlfriend was killed in a car accident four months before he killed his mother. The jury easily convicted Moises, and he was sentenced to 25 years in prison for his crime. Number 2. Beasts of Satan In the 1990s up until the early 2000s, Italy was rocked by a group of horrific ritualistic crimes. The culprit? Members of a heavy metal band who called themselves the Beasts of Satan. Lead singer Andrea Volpe, together with his bandmates Nicola Sapone, Paolo Leone, Eros Monteroso, Marco Zampolo, and Elisabetta Ballarin were all found guilty for committing various heinous and ritualistic crimes on mostly their friends and former band members. Their first two victims were 16-year-old Fabio Tallis 
their former lead singer, and his girlfriend, 19-year-old Chiara Marino. Tolis and Marino were out drinking with friends when they were ambushed. Under a full moon during winter, Marino was stabbed in the heart because the group thought they reminded her of the Virgin Mary. Meanwhile, in an attempt to save his girlfriend, Tolis was bludgeoned to death by the rest of the members. Afterwards, their bodies were buried under a tree, and the group, according to their testimonies, danced, laughed, and even urinated on their graves as a final act of desecration. The next murder was that of Mariangela Pazoda. She was a 27-year-old shop assistant and ex-girlfriend of Volpe. She was invited by him to dinner, and she had known about the murder of Tolis and Marino as well as the other activities the Beasts of Satan were doing, but still accepted the invitation. After she arrived, Volpe got into an argument with her, and he shot her in the mouth. She was still alive, so he hit her over the head repeatedly with a shovel before burying her underneath a greenhouse. Volpe, along with his fiancée, Elisabetta, decided to ditch Pizzotta's car by driving it into a lake, but en route they got into an accident. Police were called to the scene where they discovered the two heavily under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Michel Tolis had been compiling news and activities on the Beast of Satan for six years after his son Fabio had disappeared. After hearing of the latest incident, he came forward with what he had gathered, and this led to the confession, arrest, and discovery of the bodies of the victims. Volpe confessed to the crimes and ratted out his bandmates in exchange for a lighter sentence. While there are only three official murders, other disappearances and suicides are linked to the Beast of Satan as well. This includes their drummer, who was repeatedly shamed and shunned, even given a heady cocktail of drugs in an attempt to push him towards suicide. They did this because he refused to participate in the murderous activities, and later on he took his car and crashed it into a wall where he died from his injuries. The members of the Beasts of Satan all received sentences ranging from 16 to 30 years in prison. Nicholas Sapone, who many believe was the leader of the group, received a life sentence. Number 1. The Ripper Crew For many, the name Robin Jett might not sound familiar, but from 1981 to 1982, he was the ringleader in what would be known as one of Chicago's most notorious satanic cults, the Ripper Crew. Robin, together with Edward Spitzer and Andrew and Thomas Cocorales, would abduct, torture, rape, and ritualistically kill women. The group's first victim was 28-year-old Linda Sutton. She was walking home from Wrigley Field when she was taken and her body would be found 10 days later in Villa Park, naked and with her left breast completely cut off. A year later, there was another victim named Lorraine Borowski. She was taken on May 15, 1982 when she was opening the realtor's office she was working for. Her body would be found five months later in a cemetery also similarly mutilated and tortured with her left breast also missing. On May 29th, the group kidnapped Shu Mack, an immigrant girl that got into a fight with her brother and asked to be let out of the car on the highway to catch another ride. Unfortunately for her, it was the Ripper crew that picked her up, and four months later her body was found in a similar state as the others. Several more women would be taken, including Sandra Delaware on August 28, 1982, her body was found stabbed and strangled. The next month, Rose Davis's body was found in an alley, and both victims had the killer's signature M.O. 
The final victim, Beverly Washington, was found dying on the railroad tracks on December 6th. Her left breast was amputated and her right breast was severely slashed. She managed to survive the horrific attacks and was able to give a detailed description of the van including the face of her attackers, especially that of Robbins. As a result, the members of the Ripper crew were finally arrested and they confessed the details of their horrific ritual killings. Although the killer's M.O. of removing the left breast is known now, it was kept from reports while the investigation was ongoing in hopes it would be used one day to identify the killers. Sure enough, the Cocorales brothers mentioned it during their confession and admitted they had used piano wire to remove the breasts. Robin would then take the piece of flesh and place it in a box and masturbate into it to keep it as a trophy of sorts. Aside from this sinister calling card, in several instances they would take the women back to Robin's place. He had transformed his attic into what he called the Satanic Chapel, decorating the walls with six red and black crosses and a candlelit altar. It would be here where the women would be raped, tortured, and ritualistically killed. Robin would read passages from the Satanic Bible, and after the woman's left breast was removed, placed in the box, and masturbated on, it would sometimes be cut into pieces and distributed amongst the group, who would then consume it in a twisted version of religious sacrament. Although these are the only women that were officially linked to the Ripper crew, it's believed that they had more than 18 victims in total. Robin was never charged for murder because there was no direct evidence linking him, but he was sentenced to 120 years in prison for the rape, attempted murder, and battery of Beverly Washington. Thomas was initially sentenced to death, but it was reduced to life imprisonment, and he is set to be released on September 30, 2017 for his confession and cooperation. Edward is serving a life term for his hand in the crimes, while Andrew was charged with the death sentence. He was executed on March 17, 1999, the last inmate to receive the death penalty before it was abolished in Illinois. In a weird twist to Robin Jett's story, he actually once worked for PDM Contractors, the company owned and run by notorious serial killer John Wayne Gacy. Gacy was known to prey on younger adolescent boys, abducting and killing them before burying their remains in his home. Although it was never proven, Gacy once said that he had help when doing some of his murderous activities. The help he mentioned was most likely from Robin. So there were five of the most bizarre and horrific satanic killers. These ritualistic killings are extreme. The individuals who committed them derive pleasure from them and also believe it's part of their satanic religious right to do so, making their acts all the more terrifying and horrific. Thanks for listening, and remember to subscribe and check out Scary Mysteries on YouTube as well for additional videos. I'll see you next week.